0: Welcome to the Barbara Schulte Show with host Barbara Schulte and producer Ben Self. The Barbara Schulte Show brings conversations, stories, and tips intended to power up a writer's potential for more success, fun, and the confidence to ride and live with grace, courage, and the grit to never give up.
1: In this episode, you'll meet Patty Colbert and Laura Yarbrough, two savvy Texas cowgirls who compete in Stock Horse of Texas. Patty is a longtime mover, shaker, and producer of events in the horse world, like the Mustang Makeover and the Time to Ride program. Laura is a yoga instructor, true cowgirl, and shining light. They share what they look for in a trainer, which mental skill strategies keep them focused in the show pen, and the key to moving our industry forward. You'll love their senses of humor and realize how we all come from such different perspectives. We're so excited to have you, Patty. You've been my hero and my mentor, and whenever I need to know something, it's a what would Patty do? Is what, what comes to my. You need to get out more. <laughs> and then, Lala, you're my dear friend, and we ride together. And sometimes, and uh, you try and get me more flexible doing yoga. So, so happy that you guys are here. Welcome. We all need to hear a little bit about your background with the horses.
2: Well, I'm, I'm a product of Roy and Dale and Fury and Flicka and. <laughs> The Lone Ranger and Tonto and, you know, I wanted to marry Trigger. <laughs> um, so I was raised in the suburbs uh, and, you know, as I've said before, the, m- my bedspread was my mountains and my shag carpet was my pasture and all my little china horses and all that stuff um, embedded in my brain that that was my dream world and that was my happy place and so as i progressed my parents you know didn't understand or know how to connect me and i found a neighbor that had a pony and you know just climbed until i could really find a place where um, i could be involved with horses i had to raise my own money which i think taught me to put on events, Uh, I mean, I'd do carnivals and things like that, so that I could raise enough money to go ride the horse, and it's funny when you look back then, like, that's really what the extreme Mustang makeover was, was a real effort to put on a show to make money, and as were the other, you know, all of our horse shows, I mean, that's kind of the end result, is to put on a really quality competition that you have fun at, and that the organization makes money, so they can keep doing it, Mm -hmm. well, You know, that's what happened to me when I was a kid, and it stuck. So um, they've always been my passion. I'm just so lucky, like I think we all are, um, to have these animals as our absolute passion. Mm -hmm. And um, that kind of allowed me to connect with different people, probably the most influential Person as I kind of went through that was Glenn Neans who owned Redonda Roca Quarter Horses. Those you old folks, you know, we stood Doc's Links and Doc's Prescription, and that was part of the Super Syndicate. And that's smoking. when I first met you. Yeah, it was just amazing back in the Funny Money days, and um, so I got to be there, and he allowed me to do all kinds of things, which then evolved into my career path.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay,
2: Lala.
0: What's your background with horses? Wow, Patty, I didn't know all that. (laughs) It's cool. Um, Well, I had similar. um, I am a child from a American Italian American family who had nothing to do with horses. We all started to dance and ballet, and I just loved horses. And I would, you know, they would buy me a stick horse or a rocking horse, or my Barbie had a horse, or. Um, so it wasn't until I got into college and became a camp counselor in the mountains of Colorado and Lake City, working for um, Moncrief Mountain Ranch, which was a camp for chronically ill kids, that I learned about horses, and I went from being on a horse when it sneezed to going, oh, what is it doing, or the first time it shook, to uh, becoming a junior wrangler out there. It was, um, it was wonderful. I went back to Austin and leased a horse. Uh, moved to Denver, leased another horse, um, turned out to be a Tennessee Walker and got into endurance riding. And then I came back to Texas and everybody was doing Western Pleasure. So I hopped on that wagon with my husband and my daughter and luckily found Shot or Stock Horse of Texas and uh, really learned how I felt like my skills really improved. I became a stronger rider or a more confident rider and well, you know, you throw a cow in there, and it just becomes more and more fun. So that leads us up here today. Uh-huh, uh-huh.
1: So what do you guys do with horses now? What do you do with horses now, Patty?
2: Try to stay on. <laughs> I am, um, I, I. you know, from the production side, um, I produced a lot of shows for the Texas Quarter Horse Association, for the American Quarter Horse Association, for the Bureau of Land Management, All the all the things that I did on the production side. I, I never had time to ride. And so I, uh, when I did go through a couple of years of counseling and can now say the word retired, I had the time to do that. And my granddaughter, Mason Elliott, shows extensively in shot and now in Rain Cow Horse with her buddy Ben. So I was hauling with her and doing that. And a friend of mine, ours, Joni Watkins, said ride my, ride my daughter's horse, you know, just try them at one of the clinics and I did and just like every other stupid ass horse person I bought one within 10 days and fortunately I got a nice one so I show and shot and I show because I do like to ride I don't really like to practice I like to drink and so I like to go to the shows because of the atmosphere because at the stock horse of Texas, and and as I get to know the rain cow horse industry better, um, it's not snarky. I can't I can't do snarky anymore, and so it's friendly. It's open. Uh, it's supportive. Um, you know, a, a large group of females, a little bit younger than me, but a large group of of uh, mature women. <laughs> that uh, do you like their red wine uh-huh. makes it really welcoming for me and my family. Uh-huh. So um, uh-huh. I really enjoy riding my horse now and uh, coming to the shows.
1: Yeah. Well, it sounds like you can be with your granddaughter, yeah. Mason, yes. and share that with her, which is exciting. It's and really you can special. do whatever you want to do, however you want to do it, right? Yeah. And everybody is supporting you.
2: And just stay on. It's <laughs> all it's all about. Just stay on. <laughs>
1: I love it when someone has lofty goals just (laughs) staying on. How about you, Lala? What do you do?
0: Well, I'm also a um, Stock Horse of Texas competitor. Uh I started as a novice and um, went through uh, intermediate, and now I've graduated to non-pro, which I call heaven because you never have to leave non-pro. You can win or just stay there where the other ones you buckle out of and you, you get to move on. So now um, I'm in heaven with um, a limited non-pro division. I also have the goal of staying on and watching my cow. And uh, I have a horse that has a little bit more ability uh, going down the fence than, or a little bit more experience than I do. So I, I really learned the importance of keeping your eye on the cow at all times when your horse turns and disappears from underneath you. Uh, but it's... Uh, We trail ride around the house. Uh, I like to play cutting. We have a small herd of cows, and Barbie comes over and very kindly (laughs) reminds us of things. The Velvet Hammer. Yeah. Her husband calls me the
1: Velvet Hammer. No, not, sorry. Well, he does, but so does William Lewis, calls me the the Velvet Hammer. I'm not sure what that means. Could you explain that name that they've given me? I think it came
0: out because um you know when you first meet barb she's um <laughs> got that voice she's that got the voice yeah, and she's kind of pro- she's proper yeah. and you know she puts on her her you know her professional step, yeah her self. professional self yeah and then as you get to know her all of a sudden she's knocks you in the head she screams <laughs> at you and and you first you turn around and you're like who the hell was that And it's Barbie. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. I have
2: arrived. Barb Schulte is yelling at Mm -hmm. me. This is good. (laughs) Yeah. I'm in the end. Yeah. And then she drops right back into, and then why don't you try that from this other side? And I'm sorry. (laughs) And she says, I'm sorry, but she's not. No.
0: And so she was doing that with um, Jonathan Yarbrough and- Your husband. Yes. And our dear friend, William Lewis. And uh, they're like, man, I feel like I just got hit by a hammer. And Jonathan said, well, I think it's a velvet hammer because it really didn't hurt. But, it, but it, you felt like it, it, it got hit, but it didn't hurt. So uh, that's what we call Barb, the velvet hammer. Well,
1: sometimes you know, it's a little bit like when you apply more pressure to the sides of a horse. You've got to just kick maybe or push a little harder. Sometimes when you're coaching, you have to push a little harder. And then you have to come back to a lighter cue. <laughs> So so. (laughs) anyway, but I didn't know I had the name and, and then I mistakenly got in the, in a text group and said, some, somebody goes, well, yeah, let's go see the velvet hammer. I said, who's the velvet (laughs) hammer? Well, both of you guys, um, have been in some of my courses and, and, uh, use some of the
0: mental skills in your own ways. Talk about that a little bit. The mental skills, or as we like to call them, the, perf- the ideal performance state. Mm-hmm. Is, which is? Which is, um, it's um, being able to, at any situation, whether you're showing, whether you're walking into a podcast for the first time, you breathe, you... Tell yourself, you know, I'm going to do my job, I'm going to be present, you lower your heart rate, and then you just focus on the task at hand, Mm -hmm. and um, you can take that to any aspect of your life, but with showing, it really helps um, reduce the fodder or the chaos of a horse show, because people tend to get, if you don't show, it's like going to some store on black friday on occasion people mm-hmm. are just stirred up for whatever reason and you um, have to remember why you're there and your partner your horse and um, attack each class with a plan mm-hmm. and so the courses over time they're um, i'm simplifying it but the courses over time when barb you know you break it down really help you make a plan and a strategy
2: Mm-hmm. Well, I think my favorite part of it is so many, but the the breathing of course, but the whole concept of ritual pulls it all together for me um in your teaching uh because I'm so a d d that uh and so easily distracted by anything um that it it really helps me focus to have a ritual and and to and to incorporate that breathing into part of the ritual mm-hmm. and um, now you start to understand when, when you've been a part of your teaching, what, when you read about you know, the various sports or, or just high-performance people, be that um, singers or, or race car drivers, they mm-hmm. all have a ritual that they go through. So to really bring that top of mind and then to actually apply it, Mm-hmm. it it's been it's been life changing for me with somebody that's so easily distracted.
1: So how do you do that? Give us an example of that.
2: Well, I I I've started now with brushing my with getting my horse ready. And I thought you
1: were going to say brushing your teeth.
2: <laughs> no, I don't do that. <laughs> no. I start with kind of I start after he's fed, then I kind of start with the, you know, the way I saddle, to be sure that I do things, you know, mm-hmm. because because when you're a rookie like I am everybody and their uncle wants to come by and go oh what if you just put your deal the other way this you know they're always trying to help you which you appreciate but you know then again that's another distraction mm-hmm. then i get pulled off and start thinking about you know whether i'm going to drink red or white wine with them i have <laughs> kind of a i'm keep going back to uh, this, no. <laughs> this one area that supports my riding habits anyway um so then I start there, and then I get on, and then I stretch kind of some of the things that uh, Lala, Laura, we call her Lala, um, has taught us, which are just fabulous, the, just the yoga, the centering. Um, and because I'm old, I have to kind of unkink quite a few things. And so then I, uh, then I go forward, and then I do my warm-up, and, and the energy that I convey to my horse which is one of your lessons is that is your does your horse need to bring the energy up? Do you need to bring his energy down? You know, I kind of try to read Willie when I'm riding him in the warm-up. And then before I go in, I have the, you know, check everything, and then really deep breathing. I mean, just really deep breathing so that mm-hmm. I can kind of try to center myself and my mind because it's, it's a challenge. So uh, it's just been... It's been the reason that I feel like I've been successful Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in my own in my own place, Uh where uh you know, not against other people, but within my own place. So I don't know, Barb. You you know, you're a guru on that stuff. You're just a guru. Do you enjoy doing it? I think so. (laughs) I think so. I mean, it sure helps. Uh huh. You know, it's a it's
1: a bit of a job. I mean, you have to pay. You have to give it. Yeah. Attention. And yeah.
2: Energy. And when you have a mind that goes, but a ding, 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 you know, you just have to have something that you can, like, like right now, I'm like looking at that door and that, that helps Are me. Are you wanting to go through it? No, no, but it gives me a focal point that, that, that I'm not like, you know, wondering where Ben's dog is and things like <laughs> that, because that's where my mind tends to want to go. So uh-huh. I anyway. See. How about you, Laura? What strategies do you use? The, um, one that I really
0: take to heart and it took a lot of, um, show day jitters away was get yourself ready, get your horse ready.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, you know, I don't have to worry about, you know, it's, it's helped my marriage quite a bit because we both show and, uh.
2: That could be a podcast in itself. That could be a whole podcast. How do you show with your spouse?
0: I don't, I don't think we're quite on the same level as the Dawsons as far as getting along. Um, I know we're not. <laughs> um, but they're newly married, I guess. Um, but showing together is, um, it can be a challenge. And um, But right there, because I've taken Jonathan to the clinics as well, and it's um, just get yourself ready, get your horse ready. Of course I um I do my yoga uh on horseback. I do I stretch my horse. Uh we I don't get on without stretching my horse. It's my time to look into his eyes and tell him he's a champion.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you do that to Jonathan or your horse? No, to my horse.
0: <laughs> I tell my horse he's a champion. And um also, just uh, being staying focused on whatever the class is at hand. If it's if it's cutting, then just staying in the cutting moment. If you know, not thinking about trail or uh, if you're raining, uh, don't think about that. But um, I've done a few uh, rain cow horse things, and I after I rain, I kind of forget that I'm going to work cow right afterwards, and I'm like, oh, because I'm so focused on the raining that it's, sometimes it's a surprise to me when I'm I'm like, oh this is part two (laughs) here comes the cow (laughs) so that's
1: one thing you guys really have um that's unique is you have to switch from one event to the next
0: yeah four events or and if you cut five events Uh uh-huh and um it's um it's not as easy as it looks folks
2: hell no especially (laughs) not when you're 70 years old Because one of the biggest things is, you know, getting your damn sports bra on. I mean, you know, you got to plan for that and get get stuff stuck down, held down, wrapped up. Yeah, or your magic stuff. The magic
0: panties, which are the uh, ponytail. Yes,
2: by Barb Schulte, the ponytail panties. Call one eight hundred panties right now and get your pair.
0: Yeah, and they are guaranteed to keep you in the saddle and hand down at all times.
2: (laughs) So Ben, do you enjoy this
1: kind of lingerie discussion? <laughs> you guys should see Ben now. His face
0: is bright red. He's
1: covered. Well, his we eyes. do have
0: them for men. They do come for men as well. They just—you can have them with or without the lace, though. Not
2: really? <laughs> anyway, there's a lot of preparation involved. Yes,
0: there is.
1: Well, let's talk about practicing a little bit. How much do you guys practice? You said none. <laughs> And why is that?
2: Because it's too hot. It's It's too hot.
1: That's not completely true, Patty Culver. Uh,
2: Well, I don't. I'm not a dedicated rider. You know, there's a lot of us out there, you crazy-ass horse people, that just kind of want to go have fun and be with your horse and be with your family and friends and all that stuff. And, Uh yeah, I mean, I'm competitive, but I'm not driven. So when it's, you know, I mean, we've had a nice summer here Except for the last three weeks. So, you know, I, I would ride. And I do enjoy going to our friend Shannon Piggott's and working with her and you and taking my horse and kind of making an adventure. But that get out, get your horse out, saddle him up, lope circles. <laughs> uh uh-uh. uh. No. <laughs> not <laughs> not a, my, my list. That's why Shot's such a blessing because you can kind of get there on Thursday. You can ride a little bit Thursday night, then you're in a clinic all day friday and then you go Mm -hmm. show your horse Mm -hmm. so you've practiced Mm -hmm. and you're ready Mm -hmm. anyway
1: how about you laura i think
2: you she works at it
1: well first of all we haven't really talked about this but laura and jonathan have their horses at home and ride together at home and then go around and take lessons which i think is
0: awesome but anyway
1: you go ahead tell us about practicing
0: Well, um, it it goes on with my cowgirl fantasy of watching in the movies when the cowgirl gets on her horse and rides off into the sunset, (laughs) and then when you get your horse and you do that, and you're in the mountains of Colorado, and you figure out the horse really doesn't want to be out there by itself, (laughs) you know, that's a big reality check, (laughs) Um, but to come back to um, Brenham, Texas, we have a a small ranch, and uh, I call it a a boutique cattle ranch, because we have... About 20 cows and have recently made a little herd of about eight calves that we can work. Um, we It's just fun playing. I mean, we round them up. We, we play cattle drive. We, we put them in the pen. We work them. And uh, on the days that we don't do that, we, we work our asses, which are our miniature donkeys. <laughs> so then you can, you know, watch your ass go down the fence.
1: <laughs> yeah. Laura sends me a video and goes, would you please critique this ass video <laughs> it's so funny and there's uh,
0: Jonathan and Laura just working these little donkeys four little donkeys are running wide open down they are the so fun and the ass jokes just fly you can't help it yeah you just can't help it uh-huh. I think
2: it's important that you have somebody to ride with and I think that if I if there I keep my horse at home you know by myself and and if I had the motivation of. You know, a partner or a friend or whatever that live close by, I probably ride more mm-hmm. because it is so social. I mean, it's just so socially driven, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. and you and you push yourself um, mm-hmm. when you have somebody else. And mm-hmm. and you know, when you when you're practicing at home, you're awesome. Everything <laughs> you do is so good. Like, man, that was wonderful. And then and then Barb will come over, and she's you know she just tears you to hell. And you, God. and you're and you're like. <laughs> Oh, maybe we shouldn't be practicing by ourselves anymore. <laughs> but not just Barb. I mean, you know, it's it's. But I thanks think it, Laura for I, that. Not just Barb. Not just Barb. I think a lot of people, you know, feel like they're really good at home. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. So uh-huh. it's good to go ride with a trainer and comparative, comparative analysis. So what do you guys enjoy
2: um, in
1: a trainer? Like what draws you to a certain trainer?
2: Freaking friendly. I mean, be friendly. Uh-huh. You know, listen, you people out there that are telling people that they're stupid or that they're not riding right or that, and you're digging on them, it, that's not going to last. I mean, yeah, you can be, create winners and champions, but not for the long haul. I mean, mm-hmm. you have to be a good businessman or woman. You have to be a good communicator, um, and you have to be you have to be encouraging. And I just it burns my butt to hear about some horsemen, as they want to call themselves. And horseman really means a whole lot more than trainer. Mm-hmm. It means somebody that has integrity and that's ethical and that, you know, has common ground with people. So that's what I look for, is someone that's first and foremost friendly and, and has fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, I want to have fun, I, uh-huh. I, you know, while I'm doing all this. So anyway, that's what I look for, is a friendly face. Uh-huh, uh-huh. How about you, La? I really um, I've been very
0: fortunate to cross paths with with um, some nice trainers. Um, it, it's someone that when they go, "Hey, what do you want to work on?" and and I just go something I forgot, you know. So it's they can repeat the same thing over and over, like, "Hey, put your hand down, put your hand down, put your." I mean, how many times have you heard that? Or more leg, more cow leg, more leg. Um. But since I've been hanging out at some of the bigger shows, it's uh, the open guys say the same thing to each other. So now I feel like I'm okay, and in the sense of um, you know my learning curve, you are where you are, and you can't. Or I had to learn to accept that small steps really create a bigger picture, mm-hmm. and um, I've been fortunate to have um, trainers you know, fall into line with that and let me see how far I've come. And um, then if you practice and stay focused, that success will, the results yes, will take yeah. care of themselves. And that's very helpful. And it is, you know, I, we don't hang out with anyone that isn't kind or makes us laugh mm-hmm. or cuts up a little bit. You know, you just never know what you'll see sometimes when you go to certain places and just makes you laugh.
2: hmm
1: What's your greatest accomplishment?
2: My family, mm-hmm. you know, and all my family—they're just—they're amazing and um, supportive, and we really enjoy the agriculture life, you know, uh-huh. horses and cattle, and it's just a dream come through mm-hmm. true when you look back at that kid that sat there in front of the television and you know thought I was Dale Evans. Uh huh. So I do have me a buckskin horse, though. I am coming. I'm going <laughs> to get like fringe on my cuffs uh-huh. and i'm gonna ride you, in like that are you gonna sing maybe probably not um so that that i think is is the greatest and then being being lucky enough to be in my passion to work in my passion and have a long career in my in my passion mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. how about Blessing? you to
0: um to be a steward of such a great animal i don't look at myself as a horse owner because i just don't feel like you can own such a great spirit. Um, to the, the appreciation of the horse and that I have learned the ability to take care of them and to, to ride them, to bring them along, to introduce them to other people. Uh, my husband didn't ride and uh, when we first um, were dating, and, and now he's an avid rider. and, and he, Plus, he used to be an avid fisherman, so um, now we have just as many bits as he did fishing tackle. <laughs> <Cool. laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like a fisherman going, Oh, I can't catch anything with this bait. I need to switch bait, so <laughs> it's kind of the same thing with all the bits, but um, it, it's worked out to my advantage because I would probably still have the same bits and the same tack, but he's really um forced me to to move on so my greatest accomplishment probably is just um, to look back and say, yeah i i you know I became a horse person uh-huh awesome I are one so patty, you um
1: I always like to get some of your perspective about the horse industry, and I I think you should uh, tell people the different things you've done because you've done such incredible things. You work for the AQHA, you know, did the Mustang Makeover.
2: Share with us, like, what? How did you get into all that? I don't know. You know, you just I I kind of I get bored. You know, so I so I do things for. You know I, or a, when I look back on it, it looks like I did things for six or seven years, and then um kind of wanted, didn't leave in a bad way. I always left in a really good way and um and and went on to different things but it it was just um interesting to do things differently I, I like to I like to scare people a little bit because it's I like to scare myself.
1: That's what the velvet hammer does that's right
2: <laughs> Kabam. And so um, that's what kind of led me to do different things. It was, um, again, great mentors. I mean, great people in my life that allowed me to, to do different things. But people always seem to want to hear, you know, I, were, I mean, Texas Quarter Horse, we oversaw boat, all the racing and all the show. And then I was part of, we just passed Paramutual. I was uh, very involved in trying to get Paramutual. Pass here in Texas, and we got that accomplished. And then I went to work for Texas Quarter Horse to try to get the tax reduced. After we got it there, we wanted to to re- a reduction in that, and so we worked hard during the legislature. So I've lobbied quite a bit um, there in Texas and understand what it takes to do to keep this horse racing going, and and also ran the show. So it was like two different kinds of people that I had to scramble the eggs continuously because racing and showing are all quarter horses. Well, I mean, there's thoroughbred racing of course and everything else, but to keep everybody pulling on the same rope. And then went to work for AQHA uh, in the foundation to raise money and I'm motivated to help young people and to equine research and preserve our history. So that was easy for me, I was passionate. But the real kicker was when I started my own company And had a lot of great clients, incredible clients. And then I got invited to a think tank with the Bureau of Land Management on how are we going to get these Mustangs adopted. And, you know, that's where the Extreme Home Makeover back then, um, whenever that was in the 80s, 90s, um, was like my favorite show. It was where they took, you know, kind of a house that was a dump, but a great story with the family. And then they sent professionals in on a very short time period and changed the whole dynamic of not only the house but the family. And so that intrigued me and I thought, you know, horse trainers are usually the good ones won't take one for less than 90 days, you know. So maybe we could take like 100 wild horses and put them with 100 professional trainers for 100 days and then put them up for adoption because their stats said a horse that was gentled, even halter broken, had a hundred percent times more chance of being adopted than a wild horse in a pen. And the Bureau of Land Management thought I was nuts, and you know, but I got thank goodness for um, some of our sponsors uh, that were there back then, now Zoetis, but way back then, Pfizer, and before then, whatever they were. They helped a lot. Uh, Dr. Tom Lins was amazing and helping us get that put together. Billy Bray, uh, Equibrand was amazing. Western Horseman stepped up, and we put a hundred, we got a hundred thousand dollars pulled together on that first one. And I'll never forget. I know I'm going long, but you gotta no, hear go. this. go no, you go. So baby. we're here in the Watt. We're showing in the Watt right here in, at Will Rogers. Our very first ever Extreme Mustang Makeover and we're running back and forth like crazy just like first time event blah 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 and it was like we're going to start at eight o'clock in the morning and I ran down because the damn what the announcer's booth is on the opposite end from all the offices so you got to like run that sucker and um I'm running down I look over and I'm like who the hell are all these people I mean the stand was like I mean, I think the Watt holds a thousand people. I guarantee you there are 500 people in there at a horse show at eight o'clock in the morning on a Thursday. and, and it just got all over me that it's the draw of that wild horse. It's, that, it's the intrigue that the public has about that wild horse. Mm-hmm. So we played or prayed on that concept. And brought in, I mean, we would just, I don't know if y'all ever came to him, but, I mean, we would sell out the Coliseum every time we had it when we were here in Will Rogers and all around the country. So it was a great learning tool for me to understand just how many incredible horsemen and women there are in the United States of America, and they don't give a rat's ass about coming to a show. They just want to train their horse. They just want to do a good job. They want to learn. They're non-competitive. But you give them a little platform to come and be appreciated because we kissed ass like you can't believe. I mean, we gave them shirts. We gave them tchotchke. We appreciated them for coming and doing that with this wild horse. And and it's been amazing. And, you know, we've been responsible. Not, I mean, I retired several years ago, but responsible for the adoption of thousands and thousands of those Mm -hmm. stinking Mustangs. Mm -hmm. You know? So, anyway, I don't know what you ask me, but... <laughs> I asked you about your career
1: path and all oh, the different... Oh, there creat- it is, yeah. All the different creative things that you've done.
2: Good, I answered Be- right, then.
1: It, well, and I just want to comment about the Mustangs. That was just such a brilliant idea. And I, ju- I don't know if I judged the first one, but you mm-hmm. asked me to judge one yeah. of the early ones. First or second? And I, I'll just never oh. forget going to the Chopin, and I'm walking in there thinking... These people have these horses doing like 10 times what I've had them for two years. Yeah. And they've got, they're standing up on top of them, you know, cracking whips and <laughs> switching leads and working a cow. You know, Bobby Kerr is like, has them in the pickup truck. And, <laughs> you know, it's just amazing. It's oh. just uh, just really, truly amazing. And I got to meet some wonderful people like Wileen Wilson. and Yeah just uh, it was just such a um, Patty you just created something that rippled through the horse world and impacted so many people's lives.
2: Oh well, it was a lot of fun and, and it's it's good fun you mm-hmm. know it's and it's people helping people that in this industry that that is the critical key that is the Walmart greeter that is the segue into pushing our industry to stay strong and 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 continue to be strong and not just blip up and down, is the courtesy, is the welcoming, is the let me help you. You know, I mean, we expect somebody to walk in your barn, you know, jerk a horse out, and pick up the front foot of a 1,200-pound animal. And we think people ought to just do that. And by God, if you can't do that, then there's something wrong with you. They, They have no idea the intimidation factor that someone may come into this industry with Fear, fear for yourself, fear for your children. You know, we we just have to overcome and create, a, keep that gate open. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you get climb the competitive ladder, and you don't have time to hold somebody's hand. I get that, but then after the Mustang gig, then I took on um, a contract with the American Horse Council because they were seeing such a decline in riding and whatever. So we created a time to ride program. Where we uh, did financial incentives to entry level stables, you know, and all you big time trainers out there that listen to Ben's cool, kick ass contact cow horse <laughs> stuff, all you people, you know. I mean, and I love you, and I admire you, and I want to. I want to be you. But boy, if you got a barn in your neighborhood that'll take entry level people, there's your money. I mean, there's your money. I mean, go create a relationship with them and don't look down your nose at them because they're a feeder system for you Mm -hmm. this is the way shot is for rain cow horse for the cutting horse for whatever NRCHA, nrha any of those better be taking care of shot they better watch and better help shot every every (laughs) every way they can (laughs) because it's so it's just growth and you don't have time to do it when you're running a big show, but by mm-hmm. God, I mean, mm-hmm. take mm-hmm. care of them that are bringing them to you. Mm-hmm. So anyway, pilgrims, that's enough for today.
1: <laughs> and well, Laura, I, I don't think that you, you,
0: tell me if I'm correct, have ever known anything but shot, right? So well, I did do um, some open shows, AQHA, and then Natrac, which was an endurance riding where we which was kind of funny because the judges hide in the woods and and watch you go through obstacles which you know horses love to be hunted (laughs) by people in camo and um it's um shot has you you know the motto at shot is making better horses and better riders and it's it really has done that for so many people and i've been in a position to watch a lot of people come up now i've been involved in the organization a few years and you know see the see the college kids that compete uh graduate or become trainers or hell start running the college programs and uh we really foster the youth in shot and seeing the the camaraderie between the youth uh, the supportness um you know the cheering they um they they win some swag you know they earn it and then also on the back side to see a lot of the the um youth work for trainers uh you know clean stalls you know saddle horses wash horses you know, you know set up show you know at the at the shows set you know bring you know, if a trainer brings 30 horses there's a little bit of logistics that goes with that mm-hmm. and um
1: I I think that one of the things about SHOT that's so unique, just from being a person who, well, I've been cutting most of my life, but now in the past four or five years, I have a broader perspective of all different disciplines and types of organizations. And, you know, SHOT was started... The mission was education. It was not started mm-hmm. as a competitive association. The, compi- the competition grew out of it. Mm-hmm. So they've always been an organization that was about serving the people and welcoming them. And I, it's just amazing to me how SHOT just continues to explode in growth. And I think because of that, while other organizations struggle, right? Well,
2: they're nimble, SHOT's nimble a kudos to our executive director Jill Dunkel and she's amazing and she's smart and she's quick but they maintain a small board of directors very small i don't Laura may know i mean i don't think it's more than 8 yeah, <clears throat> and and it's not cumbersome and they can make decisions with a phone call they can they can move quickly they can they can make changes if they have to they don't have 247 board members you know, that meet once a year and bring... I mean, it's archaic the way that some of our organizations are run. It It is it is archaic. Young people like Ben are not going to spend a weekend sitting in meetings making decisions that have to get fed up through an executive committee. I mean, it's a waste of time and money. And you don't look at... There's no corporate, no no successful corporation that operates like that anymore. I mean... Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we've got to be we've got to be nimble. We've got to move quickly. We've got to make adjustments. We've got to be fair. And um, small, quick organizations are going to be successful. Yeah,
0: and we and we're connected to um, the the National Stock Horse Association. We, we they held their world show in Oklahoma, and you know we're starting to meet other people or other organizations and feed them in from um, you know Colorado. Uh, New Mexico, I mean, just all over the country, there's sm- smaller stark horse, and we're all blending together, and I, I really like it how the, uh, the Californians always say, well, we started it, and it's like, sure, okay, we'll give you that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, well, what do you think is the future of horses? Because I know the American Horse Council did that study, and it was declining, Back then, like what year was that?
2: It's a it's a downward trend, you know. Uh-huh. Um, we're all blipping right now because you know it's as good as it's been from back in the oil and gas days. When uh-huh. I, you know, I sound like an old fart, but you know, back when there was a lot of money going on, there's a lot of money changing hands right now because people want to be out. They they're looking for new adventures. They're looking for quality experiences, and as we all know, that horse can bring that to you. Mm-hmm. Um, so the growth has been incredible. I mean, the, the sale of these horses is just unreal. Mm-hmm. And the young horses in the breeding business has been unbelievable. But um, that's not to say that, the, that, well, you know, I mean, the urbanization of America is happening. People would rather be able to walk to work and get Starbucks and their idea of agriculture as a pen of chickens, you know, in their backyard if their homeowners association allows it. So um, we're moving away from where 10 acres used to be your dream to, you know, the condo downtown is kind of your dream. And then in the aging of America, you know, um, what we were fed through media, not social media, through TV and radio was the good guys wore white hats and the bad guys wore black hats and they always had a horse and that was a this. Well, Ben's generation, you know, moved from, you know, from space to now, all of the things that can be created virtually. They can be anywhere and anything. And um, so their dreams are not built around, you know, riding a horse. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, some, like Steven Spielberg, smart enough to do spirit, you know, and made that tie. But, but we're moving away from that. Now, you know, who knows? Trends may circle back. To that, We always get excited when a movie comes along and it's got horses in it and we all think that they, everything's gonna jump up. But mm-hmm. it's changing, you know, America's changing and um, and as is the world. And we just have to be conscious of the fact that there are probably gonna be more, um, more stables that focus on, you know, an experience within themselves, like where you can go and escape into... A friendly place and do all this that's going to be hopefully kind of the next move towards bringing people into the horse industry I have some friends that are experimenting with that it's kind of like I went to Waco yesterday to Chip and Joanna's I had a pit stop there oh my god could we learn from those people I mean they I mean they've created a world um, in there that feels good and that whatever and, and that's what I think some of my friends are tr- going to try with a oh. significant investment on creating that world that you can come in and come out you know the dude ranch kind of thing mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. horse oriented mm-hmm. so anyway there, there's some efforts because god what a product we have I mean yeah it's a pretty easy sell if you can just get the people there
1: yes all the more reason to be friendly right amen and, and to be welcoming yeah so who are some of your heroes in the horse world, people that have influenced you and you, you admire?
2: I'm a lucky girl because I, um, I've been involved with the National Cowgirl Hall of Fame for a long time, and I call myself a hauler of famers because <laughs> <laughs> I get to pick them up and haul them around and do things like that. So I think our dear friend Audrey Griffin, who was the epitome of class, elegance, and cowgirl-ism is uh, probably at the top of my heap on um, on people that I admire in the industry. And for those of you that don't know her, she was, you know, she did all of the what do you call that? Jumping on, standing on the horse's back, jumping Roman over riding. cars and crap. I mean, everything. <laughs> she did it all, and and then she just was amazing. And she was eighty six. Eighty, I think, something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, eighty-six, eighty-eight, and she saddled her horse up and hooked her trailer up and went out to work cattle one morning and 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 died on her horse. Yeah, I
1: had a heart attack on
2: her horse. On her horse and just gracefully fell off her horse and and died. And I mean, to me, that's full circle. Yes. Amazing. God loved her a lot. Yeah. So she was a bright light. Yeah, it was amazing. But lots and lots of great men and women uh-huh. in my life. Uh huh. Lots of them.
0: Yeah, and I I go back to a, a dear friend Brian Summerall. Um, we showed um, at some of the open shows uh, all around, and uh, Brian was one of the founding men or uh, founding members of Shot with B.F. Yates. And um, Brian never met a stranger, and he I, he put me on a cow the first time, and, and I remember. Um, coming home after working my first, like I never thought I would ever be able to work a cow. You know, I'd watch people do it. I had no idea the high or the exhilaration it is when you put a cow into the mix. And uh, I'm like, how hard can it be? You know, all these guys are doing it. <laughs> so, But Brian is a, was a very bright light in a lot of people's lives. And um, uh, he is somebody I, he rides in my saddle with me a lot i can still hear his voice uh-huh. pet on it pet on her. pet on that horse
1: uh-huh.
0: um of course um you know barb has been a bright light oh sure now you're trying to make up yeah for the for, <laughs> for the, the hammer, the hammer you know <laughs> yeah no <laughs> thank you really have you, uh-huh. you know and and uh Hey, when Barb Schulte calls you, you pick up the phone. Now, when Patty Colbert calls you, you better pick up your phone and have your champ book handy because she'll run. Gonna, <laughs> you know, but um, but uh, we don't mind when when Patty calls because it's always a a good cause or a, a it's a, it's uh, money well spent. Uh-huh. You know, it's going to be it's going go to go the right in the right hands and not, hopefully, for her drinking habit. <laughs>
2: you couldn't afford that
1: (laughs) well um so what's something that uh people don't know about you guys i want to hear your your what's something people i don't
2: know i think they know everything
0: (laughs) well um i was a critical care nurse and
2: in uh, ICUs, I, I will tell you. I will tell you one story. So we're in the alley, and w- what's the guy's name? I can't remember. That's um, the, she knows what I'm gonna tell.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, I know what you're gonna tell. Double. Anyway,
2: a darling guy that we Dwayne. Love. Dwayne. So he's he's got a yellow horse, and he goes in the stall, and the next, and he's right next to me, and I hear this whack, and he falls backwards out of the stall. That horse has just cold cocked him in the head, and I'm like he's dead and and my daughter's there and she gets down on the floor and he starts one eye open and she said do you you know what your name is you know do you how many fingers am i holding up what you know all the things we're not we're not we don't know how how to do that movie yeah and (laughs) so thank god laura's walking down the alley and i had no idea she was a nurse and so she just immediately came and just had that calmness, like, take over, like, just, he's going to be all right. Just whatever. Like, no, he's dead. <laughs> and so she, so I could see that I didn't know she had that gift, that healing gift. So anyway, that was fun to, yeah. not fun, but it was good that you were there. Yeah, I spent a little
0: time in some neurotrauma ICUs, and um, I always got the horse injuries um, or the difficult patients. They figured I could handle a horse so I could handle these. But, uh, yeah, I always liked it when I'd have a cowboy come in when I was working in Denver and he was life-flighted in and, and he had broken almost all his ribs and uh, I said, sir, don't worry, it's only going to hurt when you breathe. So, <laughs> <laughs> golly, <laughs> yeah, he was, but it's uh. It, sometimes I look back at that person and I wonder who she was, but you know, now I'll call nine one one if if y'all need me. I'll help. I'll be there.
2: <laughs> Laura's good to have around.
1: <laughs> yes, she is. You can do yoga. You can do, do anything. You can be. You yeah. can get fixed up <laughs> if you get hurt. You have all kinds of things. Well, Patty, I know you probably have some wild stories in there from all your years. Do you have a, a story to
2: tell us. God, no. I'm gonna write a book and sell the book because I've got a lot of good secrets.
1: <laughs> well, just tell us one. Tell anyway. us who you pulled out of bars.
2: <laughs> no no they they might be a judge again I oh. might need I might need to play that chip it's nice when when you're 70 and you've hired and you're shown and shot and you've hired about half of the judges at some point in your career you know uh-huh. and and had some fun with a lot uh-huh. of them or done whatever and you can ride in there and 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 show to him, and then ride back out and go, thank you, Judge. <laughs> and go ahead and give me that half point because otherwise I won't tell them what I know about you and your ex-wife. <laughs> so anyway, it's it's fun to be, it's fun to play the old girl card every uh-huh. now and then. But uh-huh. um, no, they're just just amazing things that have happened uh-huh. through our life. You know, the Stangs just, I mean, it was just one story after another was like on the last show that I did, I had already announced my retirement and, you know, it's an emotional time and all that. And so somebody comes running up to me here in the John Justin arena and said, you better get out here in the back. And I said, okay, what, you know, well, you better get out here. There's a girl that rented a scissor lift and she's got her Dean horse on the scissor lift and fixing to put him up in the air. And you better get out here right now. And I was like, Oh you? shit man. Anyway, <laughs> So I walk out the back, and sure enough, this goofball woman <laughs> has got a big-ass scissor lift that they delivered that she rented, and she's, she's saying, I'm saying, okay, what's going on? Well, this is my, you know, my freestyle act. I was like, no, it isn't. And she said, yes, it is. I said, well, tell you what we're going to do then. We're going to pull that thing away from the wall, and you're going to show me that this horse will do this. You're going to show me that this horse, did. and praise God, the sucker didn't get on the deal. You know, because we had to write we every, after every show we had to write rules about what they couldn't do, because they would just pull they would just pull whatever because they wanted to win. You know, and when that's kind of the excitement that I think. That also, you know, I, I, I'm not bashing the industry. I, I, I love the industry. But I, I think the addition to music, Ben, your playlists are superb. I mean, Ben puts excitement into some of these contests that were nose pickers before. And, <laughs> and so the music can bring that emotion and can bring the deal. And you put a little color and you put a little, I, I'm like, you do a Bobby Kerr. You do a something that brings the public that loves the horse into the deal and it becomes competitive yes but it also you put on a show people come to shows they don't come to horse shows they come to shows so um anyway that that was just it was just well one time we blew up the goddamn justin arena Mm -hmm. because (laughs) i told them that they couldn't do pyrotechnics because they'd done some things they shouldn't have done before and this guy told me that he just was using sparklers he's only going to use sparklers I was like, okay, you need spark. I'm going to have two sparklers when I ride in. I was like, okay, well, you know, here comes a can of sparklers on either side. They set it off. They, the smoke went. They went, and then the smoke after it just went and hung above the John Justin Arena. I mean, just hung like a cloud, and then it lifted and hit all the fire alarms, and <laughs> shut down the whole damn place. And if you all know Bruce McCarty, my brother, he, I've never seen him so pissed off at me in all my life because the fire trucks came and the fire marshals came and shut the whole damn show down. Because the of those, finals? Yes.
1: Oh, my gosh. I didn't know that story.
2: Bruce, I hope you're not listening.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: yes, it's the truth. It was really the truth. So, Uh yeah, we had a lot of fun. We've Uh had a lot of fun.
1: Uh Uh-huh. Well, so what's next for you guys? Lunch. Lunch. (laughs) (laughs) Let's
2: hope. I have simple friends. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. To have a really good time. Uh Uh-huh. Just to have a lot of fun with my friends. Just like today's just been special. And it just... You know, hanging with your buds, man. That's that's what podcasts are all about. Yes. You get to talk about who you love and what you love to do and thank you, Ben, for what you're doing for this industry. You are really, really a trendsetter and, and we desperately need you. Desperately. So thank you.
0: Yeah. I'm I'm really in awe of Ben and his ability to wrangle so many wild spirits in his podcast. Does well. I've raised right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
1: So what are you going to do next, Laura? What's your What's on your agenda?
0: On our agenda? Well, um, last year we had a fraternity horse with Ben Baldus, and um, I learned a lot what fraternity meant. I had, speaking of excitement, you know, and we, we were lucky to make it to the finals, and uh, that was Pal uh, Pal Pepto, and he's, uh will be derbying this year, and that is just... Um, I never understood. It's better than watching your kids play volleyball. You know, it's just like, you know, you've got your son, your son out there. I tell people, oh, my son's in the fatuity. and They're like, oh, Ben's your son. I'm like, no, pow-pow. Pow-pow's <laughs> pow, my son. Um, so, you know, we're at the pre and and um, we're always looking for a fraturity horse, or not always. I should say my husband is always kind of looking around. Um, we'll finish out the year. Uh, we have our SHOT show, our world show coming up in October in Abilene, and you know, Abilene makes you feel like a real cowgirl when you get out there, and uh, we'll mm-hmm. show out there and um, see what the mm-hmm. see what's going on out there.
1: Well, thank you guys so much. I know that you um, took time out of your days and drove up here, and so very great, you
2: Barbie. You're the bomb. You're making things happen. You're another one of those innovators that we so desperately need and want in our industry Mm -hmm. so thank you for what you're doing no
1: you're welcome i'm grateful to ben too it's just um i just think what would patty do that's my
2: (laughs) then i think what would ben do (laughs) younger smarter you better start jumping over and think about what (laughs) ben would do
1: okay i just love you both and thank you for coming i love you too I had a blast doing this interview. These cowgirls made me smile and laugh. I wish both Laura and Patty success in showing and drinking wine. Have fun, keep believing, and hug your horse. Until next time, thank you for listening.
0: Thank you for listening to The Barbara Schulte Show. If you have enjoyed this episode, subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram to stay tuned for future episodes.